This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Randy Alcorn is the founder and director of Eternal Perspectives Ministries. He's a New York Times bestselling author of more than 50 books, including Heaven and Face to Face with Jesus. His books have sold over 11 million copies and they've been translated into more than 70 languages. Randy, you're really one of the good guys. I so respect your scholarship and your ability to communicate uh, tough subjects in a way that everyday people can understand. I love how you've helped us to understand the treasure principle with that great book that speaks of, of how to steward money in this life with an eternal perspective. And you've studied the subject of heaven for maybe 25 years and you've written an incredibly comprehensive book on the subject. I, I have to kind of laugh. What, what if you think that heaven is a certain way after 25 years of studying this place, and then you find out it looks totally different than when you thought based on the stuff that we don't know? You know, like you thought you were going on a trip and it was gonna look like Florida with palm trees, and you get there and it looks like Alaska with snow-peaked mountains. Um, what made you focus so heavily on heaven? Well, Kirk, really, as I, I look back, it was especially because my mom uh, died uh, in 1981, and I read to her uh, every day as she was dying, Revelation 21 and 22. And as I read it to her, I realized that in Bible college and seminary, both of which I went through and graduated from, we had never talked about the new heavens and the new earth. In the, in the Revelation class, we never made it to Revelation 21 and 22 because we were talking about theories related to timing of the rapture, partial rapture, you know, whatever. But we never really talked about where we're going to live for all eternity. And that's when it hit me that everything I knew about heaven was about the present heaven, where grandma goes or any of us go when we die who know Jesus. And so... I, I realized that the Bible talks about a whole lot more than that, and that the eternal state will be after the resurrection, and God will recreate not only our bodies, but he will recreate the earth itself, and God's redemptive plan is so much bigger than, very frankly, I even realized when I preached on the subject as a pastor. So I thought, I got to study this, and I started studying way back then. So Randy, as you've been researching the subject of the place of heaven, uh, what are some of the common misconceptions that you think people have about it? Well, a lot of people just think of it as a disembodied state, and the, the present heaven may be, to a degree at least, a disembodied state, although people are described there as walking, uh, talking, sitting, kneeling, uh, and, and even uh, wearing white robes and carrying palm branches and things like that, which are all very physical. So I don't exactly know how you would do that without maybe some form of a body. But we know, of course, that the resurrection hasn't happened yet. People are not resurrected one at a time uh, when we die. Uh, the resurrection is coming in the future. But 
people think of heaven as this angelic realm of disembodied spirits floating around the clouds, uh, kind of a cartoonish view of heaven. But the Bible has something radically different. It's a resurrection-based new earth where Jesus said we will eat and drink and Abraham and Isaac will come and we'll sit at feasts together. We will eat and drink in resurrection bodies. Christ showed us what a resurrection body is like. He ate and drank with his disciples. He said, touch me. I am not a ghost. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as I have. Randy, what are some of the most common questions that people have asked you about heaven? Well, a lot of people have that very, uh, so many of their questions are based on a misperception. Like, for instance, I had a man say, well, you know, I'm not going to be able to uh, hug my daughter in heaven, right? Because we won't have bodies. And I said, well, wait a minute. Well, well, eventually, ultimately, the heaven we will live in for all eternity, of course, we'll have bodies because you believe in the doctrine of, of the resurrection, right? He said, oh, of course, I believe in the doctrine of the resurrection. But he said, I've been thinking how sad it is. I'll never hug my daughter again. And I'm saying, why would you think that? She's going to have a body. You're going to have a body. It's going to be your old bodies made new, resurrection bodies that you'll live in for all eternity. So do you think that God is against hugging? You once told a story about uh, somebody who said that they were going to be depressed if they kept thinking about heaven because all they thought of when they thought of heaven was sitting around on a cloud strumming a harp for all of eternity. I mean, is, is, is being with God forever and ever like just an unending retirement? No, and that is one of the misconceptions you see uh, in Revelation 22 where it says, his servants will serve him. Now think about what servants do. I mean, servants have things to do, places to go, people to see, right? They're active. I mean, servants do things. They don't just sit and ponder. You know, they do stuff. And uh, in the resurrection, on the new earth, uh, we're told that uh, when Jesus says, you've been faithful in a little, I'll put you over much. You've been faithful in this. I'll put you over five cities. I'll put you over 10 cities. You will be rewarded by responsibility of ruling and the new earth will be that eternal kingdom in Daniel 7 it says God will entrust that new earth that that eternal kingdom mm. where his saints will rule it forever and ever not just for a thousand years the promises are we will rule the earth forever not just temporarily for a thousand years uh, but we will rule the earth forever and ever to God's glory. Here's a big question a lot of people have is, will my dog make it to heaven? Do you, th <laughs> do you think Fido will be in heaven? Well, Kirk, I don't know your dog personally. I know hey, my dog. I know one of my dogs that will there. not be in heaven for sure. We even <laughs> baptized the dog and that it just didn't stick. <laughs> You tried to cast the demons out and it didn't work. I get it. Yeah, Bill, um, I, I actually believe there's a biblical basis uh, for believing that pets, at least some of them, will be uh, in heaven for eternity because Romans 8 tells us that the whole creation longs uh, for deliverance from the present suffering we're undergoing. The whole creation groans and waits for the deliverance that will come with the resurrection of God's children. But the whole creation isn't just us. It's, it puts an emphasis on not just us, the whole creation. 
well, who is suffering now besides us as human beings? I mean, I think obviously the, the higher animals for sure know what suffering is. They feel suffering. And you've ever seen a, a, a dog or any animal uh, that is dying and is in great pain. And you just realize it, uh, it knows something's uh, wrong and it wants deliverance. And so we're told the whole creation which fell on our coattails uh, in the fall when Adam and Eve sinned, the whole creation will rise on our coattails. The new earth will have animals. We know this for sure. Isaiah 60 is a new earth passage. It's quoted twice in Revelation 21 and 22. Clearly new earth. And there's a bunch of animals in there. And Isaiah uh, 65 and other passages that talk about the, the lion and the lamb and, and the goat and the, um, the, the different predatory animals, uh, that uh, the leopard and all of that, and they will lie down together. And so the, the way that I think maybe that includes our pets, not just God making up a bunch of animals that never existed in the past, but maybe raising them or bringing them back to physical life is that he says those that are groaning under suffering are those that shall be delivered. So who's going to be delivered but animals alive in this world, and I think in many cases probably animals uh, that were our pets. Wouldn't it be just like God, a loving Heavenly Father, to say, you know what, I'm going to bring this animal back to life that you love so much, and not only will you never experience pain again, but your animal never will either. No more death, no more crying, no more pain. I don't know, if, if my chihuahua makes it to heaven, there's gonna be a little more crying and a little bit more pain. Um, hey, here's a great Except question. he will be transformed. Oh, well. <laughs> hey, uh, Randy, here's another big question, is what do we do about marriage? I love my wife. Is, is it possible that I get to heaven and I see my wife and I say, hey, honey, uh, I need, we need to fist bump. It's a, it's side hug time. What, what do we do in heaven? Yeah. Great question. Now that is, uh, most of the things that we see about life in the resurrection are similarities, not dissimilarities to our present life. Now that particular issue of marriage, Jesus addressed and said in the resurrection, uh, we are neither married nor given in marriage. According to scripture, it's not that there will be no marriage in heaven. It's that there will be one marriage in heaven, Christ to his bride, the church. And what that means is Nancy and I will be part of that same uh, one marriage for all eternity of, of Christ to his bride. We will both be part of the bride of Christ. But he will be the perfect groom, the only marriage partner who will never let anybody down. Uh, and uh, in, in our best moments, uh, you know, all of us have failed in our marriages, uh, but we have not been ever forsaken by Jesus, and that marriage will be part of for all eternity. And uh, so Nancy and I look forward to being part of that same marriage to Jesus together for all eternity. Listen, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Randy regarding heaven. So if you've ever wondered what heaven is like, uh, what you'll do in heaven, or even what you'll look like, stay right there. He's gonna try to answer these tough questions and more right after the break.
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're back with Randy Alcorn, founder and director of Eternal Perspective Ministries. Randy, uh, you have been researching and writing and lecturing on the subject of heaven for so long. And in your book, you talk a great deal about explaining the new earth. And you talk about a difference between the present heaven and the new earth. Uh, explain what you mean by that. Right. And I think it's, it's just a preface by saying it's just key that we understand this because it is so much confusion uh, surrounds this if we think there's only one heaven and it's all the same way forever. When we die, of course, uh, we depart from our bodies. Our bodies are left on earth. So we don't take our bodies with us to heaven. The present heaven then is a somewhat it could be a, a somewhat disembodied state. We certainly won't have our present bodies there. But in the resurrection, which is what the, the new earth follows, the resurrection happens at the end of Revelation 20. Then we have the new earth where we're going to live for all eternity, Revelation 21 and 22. And there we will have our resurrection bodies and we will live in a place where there are streets and there are uh, precious stones and there's a river running through the middle of the New Jerusalem. And there's the tree of life, which is now a forest of life growing on uh, both sides of this great river. And rivers, of course, always go out into some, uh, whether it's uh, lakes or you know, whatever it is. And the, the trees and the animals. So this is what the new earth is going to be like. Now, it doesn't make sense to think of the present heaven that way because the present heaven isn't down on earth. What we're told is that God will take the new Jerusalem, which is presently in heaven, and bring it down to be capital city of the new earth, and that's where we will live forever. Interesting. Uh, some people think of, of heaven as... Uh, you, like you said, uh, a place where we're disembodied spirits and the whole place is kind of this whispery, vapory-like place. Um, but you really talk about this like it's a, a real physical place with streets of gold and precious stones and things like that. Um, what, what verses in the Bible would you point to that would really help us to understand the nature of the place called heaven? Well, I think you start with what Jesus said about his resurrection body and the knowledge that ours will be like his and what he did and he ate and drank and he said, uh, I'm not a ghost. I have flesh and bones. So that's a signal to us. That's what our resurrection body is going to be like. Okay. So then when we go to Revelation 21 and 22, and then Old Testament passages we know to be New Earth passages because they are quoted and applied to the New Earth in Revelation 20 
uh, 1 and 22, uh, such as uh, Isaiah 60, we, we look at those and they are very uh, human, uh, earthly, not, not worldly in some negative sense, earthly. God created the earth. You know, and God created the earth to be a paradise, and God didn't lose the battle against Satan. Uh, he 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 made human beings to rule the earth to His glory, and we think, oh well, yeah, but that all failed. That plan failed, so God had to come up with Plan B. No, Jesus went to the cross so that Plan A could be fulfilled in His plan that forever we would, to His glory, rule the earth, uh, and 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 do the things that people actually do worship together talk together walk together relate together uh, probably sit around you know campfires and and do all the kinds of things that human beings actually do just simply read revelation 21 and 22 and you'll see how earthly this place is. It talks about the nations of the earth. They're really nations. It talks about rivers and it talks about all these different physical earthly things. Some people argue that the current earth will be completely destroyed. And, and by that, I'm picturing like the Death Star, you know, completely destroyed. And then God literally creates a new earth where we live forever. Others see the, the new heavens and the new earth more as a, a whole new world under the new covenant order with a new ruler, Jesus, who dethroned the devil. He's now seated on the throne in heaven and the earth is under new management, i.e. the new covenant order rather than the old covenant order. But I think you're arguing that God creates a new earth by resurrecting the current earth, yes. not destroying it Death Star style and recreating a new one. What scriptures can we go read that you think help us to understand the proper perspective? Well, first of all, 2 Peter 3 is a passage that people normally quote to say, well, look, the old earth is going to be destroyed. I mean, it's going to be annihilated. And I say, yes. Now think about what happens to our bodies after we die and we've been dead for 100 years or 1,000 years. Those bodies Decomposed. are destroyed. Right, exactly. That's what uh, decomposition is. It's the destruction. Okay, so now in the resurrection, do we say, oh, yeah, but it, they can't be our, our old bodies because our old bodies have been destroyed. No, they've been destroyed, but that's no problem to God. DNA, molecules, he can reassemble anything uh, he wants to, and he can do the same to the earth. So to me, the, 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 the guide for our thinking about the new earth is the same as for our thinking about our new bodies. We know what our new bodies will be. They will be the same old bodies made new. That's why Jesus' uh, body was no longer in the tomb after the resurrection, because it was his old body made new, right? So if, his, if it was like, his, well, his old, I mean, our old bodies are never going to come back. God's just going to make new bodies. No, because then his body would have been in the tomb. Our bodies shall be raised. And likewise, the earth itself in that passage in Second Peter 3, where it says, therefore, we are looking forward to a new heavens and a new earth. Not a non-heavens and a non-earth, a new heavens and a new earth. It wouldn't be called new earth if it's not an earth. Our bodies wouldn't be called new bodies if they weren't real bodies. You talk about the best is yet to come. 
How does that view affect the way that we live today? Well, it, it, it helps us to realize that if we missed out on something here and now in this world, it doesn't mean that we will never be able to have uh, that experience again. If Adam and Eve had never fallen, uh, would they have built buildings? Uh, would they have built ships? Would they have gone snorkeling? Uh, would they um, have sports? Uh, would they play catch? Well, sure they would have, unless you can somehow demonstrate that those are inherently evil things. No, those are human things. We are God's image bearers. That's why we do those things, and that's why I think we should expect to do them on the new earth with bodies that are better than they've ever been. The Bible talks about us storing up treasures in heaven. If that's true, where do the treasures get stored? And that context from uh, Matthew 6 has to do with giving money, investing in God's kingdom, laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven rather than treasures on earth. But taking treasures on earth and doing what A.W. Tozer said, uh, what he called the transmutation of wealth, that we take it from this world, wealth in this world mm. to make it wealth in the world to come. So what form that's going to take, we don't exactly know, but we know that it's a reward. And some people say that the real form that it's going to take is going to be um, the, the position of responsibility uh, on the newer. Man, Randy, this has been a, a, a fantastic discussion. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, I'm Kirk Cameron. Thanks for listening to this episode of Takeaways. If you love the conversations that we're having, please follow or subscribe to this podcast to never miss any of this great content. And please consider leaving a positive rating and a review to help others like you discover this show.